So, we are continuing our, our theme that we've been doing for several uh, weeks, months now, actually, on being a resilient church. How do we grow in resilience in ourselves and in us as a community? But there's a slight change to the as a theme. Our theme this morning is on a remembering church, a church that does not forget. So let's just pause again and be still and invite the Holy Spirit into our time together. Lord, we thank you that you are here, you are present. Thank you that you have been present in each life in this room, whether they've been aware or not throughout their lives. Thank you that you love each one. Thank you that you, the Lord of heaven and earth, have decided that you will work through us and walk with us and choose us. And on this day, you will speak to us. So speak, Lord, your servants are listening. We want to hear your word. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know if, if you've read the uh, book, A Watership Down, recently. I've, 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 I've probably read this book 10 times. It's, it's, a, it's a brilliant book. It's, it's, a, um, it's, it's a classic children's tale. And in this book, um, the, there's, there's, it's obviously about rabbits. And there's, there's a rabbit in this book that tells stories. And most of his stories are fairly lighthearted. But one of his stories, he actually tells about about when the rabbit war, um, 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 the rabbit nation was at war and it was being hounded by, by their enemies and this uh, rabbit nation was losing their war and there was sickness and famine and despair. And so their chief rabbit decided that he had to do something and so he, he, he sort of travelled far to, to find the um, black rabbit of inlay, it was called, this, this sort of ghostly sort of rabbit, this grim re um, um, a reaper figure. And he asked this rabbit if he could sacrifice his life for his nation's life. And, and this black rabbit refused. And so this chief rabbit tried to trick this black rabbit into taking his life. But all he ended up doing was being tortured. He had his ears ripped out and his whiskers ripped out and his sort of, sort of tail um, you know, ripped out. And he lies in this black, desperate place, a bloody mess of a rabbit. But finally, this black rabbit relents and he tells him to go home. His people have been saved. His war is over. His sacrifice has worked. And so this chief rabbit heads home. But because he's in such a mess, it takes him years to actually get home with, with his faithful servant. But, but he, he finally makes it. And when they get home, they find something both wonderful and terrible has happened. The wonderful thing was that their rabbit nation was free and happy and prosperous. But the terrible thing was it did not take them long to, to realize that nobody knew who they were. Within a few years, they had been forgotten. And this group of happy, prosperous rabbits had forgotten about their war, they had forgotten about the causes of their war, they did not know, they did not care about a sacrifice that had saved them. 
They did not remember. And today's um, Remembrance Sunday, of course. This, this is a day when we stop the stuff we are doing in life and remember. We actually stop and think about the 15 million people, mainly young men, who died in World War I. The 60 million people who died in World War II. The 160 million people who died in war in our last century. That's one person every 20 seconds for the whole century. And there has been some talk about this day having had its day. You know, being unnecessary. Being about old veterans in old uniforms, you know, parading behind old flags. Time to move on. Some have said, we're a brave new world, a new generation, a new century. And this, I, I, I must say, is dangerous talk. And the reason it is dangerous is for a simple reason, a reason told us in this rabbit tale of Watership Down, and that is something that's part of our human condition, something that is necessary in some situations, but dangerous in others, and that is we all forget. We can't help it. You know, whether something is trivial or significant, ultimately we all forget. Some of us are better at this than others, but we all forget. That's why a man doesn't need reminding of his wedding anniversary after year one or two or even year three, but after year four, he'd better get it in his diary. You know, and there is always an effort in remembering, in not forgetting, always an effort. And on this day, we are not simply recounting old stories. We are remembering the bitterness of war, the fear, the, the tragic lives of young lives usually, the dirt, the blood, the futility. We forget that to great peril. And there is another aspect of this day that we must not forget. Because there has been a transaction between those war generations and our generations and generations coming. They might not have realized it completely then. But something happened. A transaction happened between every life lost then and every life in this room here today. And that transaction is not something we want to romanticize or overstate. But it's happened in a very real way. And this transaction is something that we call sacrifice. And you know, it might have demonstrated itself in very diverse ways, but two things we can say about this sacrifice. And the first one was that it was necessary. As US President Franklin D. Roosevelt said, as the Americans were weighing up their involvement in the war, as they were pondering their inevitable sacrifice, he said those famous words, I say this can be done, it must be done, and it will be done. Though there was much that was futile and bloody and messy and many errors and many blunders, there was a transaction of sacrifice that was necessary. And the second thing was that we are under no illusions that because of this transaction, this sacrifice, our lives are different today. Much has been written about what our country would have looked like had we lost those great wars, all of it conjecture, all of it uncertain. But of one thing we are certain, because of their sacrifice, our lives are different. And for that we must be grateful, and for that we must not forget. There is something deeply tragic 
about a generation that has forgotten a past sacrifice. And the stuff about forgetting, this kind of tendencies, this ten- tendency to sort of forget is not just a casual observation of my life and of other people. If we open our Bibles, I think we can safely say that God is almost paranoid about our ability to sort of forget stuff. The Old Testament is crammed full of things that God puts in place so his people do not forget. A rainbow, do not forget that God is a God of life and not destruction. Passover, don't forget that that, that it's God who saved you from a life of slavery. Festivals of harvest, don't forget that it's God who puts food on your plate. Rituals of sacrifice, don't forget that it's God who forgives sins. And in the book of Deuteronomy, as we've just heard, as the people of Israel were about to enter this promised land, in this last great sermon of Moses, he knew he was facing death in a matter of days. He knew it. And what was he most worried about? He was worried they would forget. He he used these words, forget, and remember 25 times in this book. Do not forget those things your eyes have seen. Do not forget this covenant with your Lord. Don't forget your God. Do not forget. Do not forget. Do not forget. The Old Testament is crammed full of these things. But the New Testament... Is not. The New Testament only really has one in there. And it only has one because it's the big one. It's almost as if God is saying, and it is what he's saying, it's all been, been building up to this. If you forget all the rest, don't forget this one. Charles and John Wesley were a couple of brothers who lived in the early 1700s. And they were serious brothers. They were serious about everything, serious about faith. They were were a nickname Methodists because they were so disciplined, disciplined and serious about Bible study, serious about prayer, serious about fasting. But they had no joy. They had no understanding of salvation, no understanding of what would save them. In fact, they actually went on a missionary trip to America but they were in so much doubt about their own salvation that John Wesley wrote this in his, in his journal as he was coming home. I went to America to, to uh, convert the Indians, but oh, who will convert me? But soon after this, both Charles and John were confronted with God and they suddenly understood that salvation didn't come through all this hard work. It came through faith in Jesus Christ alone. And Charles Wesley was so overwhelmed by this that he immediately sat down and he wrote one of the most famous hymns in all of Christian history. And can it be that I should gain an interest in the Saviour's blood? Died he for me? Who caused this pain for me who him to death pursued? Amazing love. How can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me? What was the big one? What was that thing that God is imploring us, pleading with us to remember, to not forget? Do not forget that someone has died for you. And in Cultivate, I I tell a few stories. I tell a couple of stories. Forgive me if you were there and heard them, but they're worth retelling. During World War II, there was a 
a Franciscan Polish monk called Maximilian Kolb and his church harbored many uh, refugees, including hundreds of Jews. And so he was ultimately arrested by the Nazis and he was imprisoned in the infamous concentration camp of Auschwitz. And in July 1941, three men escaped from Auschwitz. And as a punishment, the SS commander said that he was going to choose 10 men at random and put them in a cell with no food, no water, and they would die a long, horrendous death. And as this whole camp was lined up, he chose these 10 men randomly. As one of them was chosen, he fell on his knees before the SS commander, pleading with him, I have a wife and children in this camp. Please save me. Silence. And then out of the massed ranks of people who were just watching, one man stepped forward. He said, I will take his place. And this was Maximilian Kolb. And the SS commander agreed. And so they were put him and together with nine others into this cell. And they, during their ordeal, this monk led them in prayer. Apparently he was constantly in prayer. Three weeks later, he was the only one left alive. And they needed that cell for something else. And so they gave him an injection of carbolic acid and he died a few minutes later on. Amazing love! How can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me? Once two brothers lived in Midwest America in the last century. They were inseparable, did everything together. One day they were playing on a riverbank far from home and they didn't realize it was sinking sand. When they didn't return for their dinner, the family and neighbors sent out a search party and they finally found this riverbank miles from home and they found it and there the younger brother was up to his chest in sand. And as they carefully were trying to get him out, this boy was sobbing and crying hysterically. And they asked him over and over again, where is your older brother? Where is your older brother? And this boy could hardly speak, could hardly get his words out. He was so hysterical, but he finally managed it. And he said, I didn't want to, but he made me do it. I'm standing on his shoulders. Amazing love. How can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me? Do not forget. Do not forget. Do not forget. Someone has died for you. As that boy died for his brother, as the monk died for someone else, someone has died for you. My friends, we are so used to this. We are so familiar with it. And the danger is just like Watership Down, the most frightful, remarkable, startling transaction in all of human history is in danger of being forgotten. Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me? On this day, we recall the sacrifice of the war generations of those millions who died that we should be free. We must not forget a transaction that has brought us peace and prosperity. We must never forget. But we also recall another sacrifice, another transaction that has saved us. Do not forget, God says, that a sacrifice had to be made. And it was a sacrifice of a father giving up a son. Can you believe that? 
And do not forget that it was done for you. And if you accept it, your life will never be the same again. And if you do not know him today, if you don't know him, if you've never grasped hold of the sacrifice for yourself, then today is a great day. Today is a day to make a choice, as Charles Wesley did. And if you do, your life will be different forever. But if you do know him, then remember this, that your sin and your failure and your mistakes and your darkness, they have been atoned for. They are washed away. You are a new person, Jesus Christ. Do not forget this. The evil one loves to make us forget what we should remember, the, the sacrifice of God on our behalf. And he loves to make us remember what we should forget. Your past sin and failures, they are gone. They are washed away. You are saved and you are forgiven. Do not forget. Do not forget. Do not forget. And can it be that I should gain an interest in the Savior's blood? Died he for me who caused his pain for me who him to death pursued. Amazing love. that thou, my God, shouldst die for me. Let's pray together. Just in the stillness of this moment, Let me just invite you to respond to your Heavenly Father. There might be some in this room who don't yet fully know of the sacrifice, haven't brought it on themselves, haven't taken hold of it. Jesus is not yet your Lord and Master. And on this day, he's asking you, will you let me in? I have died for you. Will you accept it? And if that is you, in this moment, this is your time of decision making. And there are those in this room who have taken that on board, but you have forgotten that your sin and your Mistakes, the darkness of your past, they are washed away. Jesus is saying to you, remember, I died so that you are free. You're free of all that stuff. Give all of that to me, because you are free. You're a new person. If you have been troubled by your own mistakes and your sin, even your current ones, this is the moment to put it back on Jesus. To accept what he has done for you. Lord, on this day that we remember, we look back and remember, remember those who gave up their lives in the great wars of the last century. We are grateful, Lord, we do not forget.
We are thankful, even though times are tough, that we do live in peace and prosperity here in Western Europe and have done so for many years. We are grateful, Lord. Lord, we also remember those wars that are happening now in our time. We continue to pray for Ukraine. We thank you for the advances of the Ukrainian army in the east and south. We pray that this will lead to an ending of the war and not an escalation. Lord, we bring before you a country that has been ravaged, families that have been shattered, untold stories of pain and brutality and horror. Lord, we bring all this before you. We ask you for justice and mercy and peace. We pray for the conflict in Ethiopia, especially in the region of Tigray. We thank you for the peace deal. We pray that it will hold. We pray for the many thousands who are facing starvation and disease. At this moment, you see them before you. Lord, in this horrendous situation, Lord, may you bring forth leaders of peace and compassion. May you turn around a dreadful situation in a part of the world that has suffered much. Lord, we, we pray for our world as we face this global recession over these next 12 months. We know that it will be the poorest across our world and in this country who will suffer most. Lord, we really do pray for policies that are just and fair. We pray for those who are rich. They will give deeply to those who are not. Even in this place, in this church, we, we will hear and understand what justice means and looks like. Help us not to turn away, Lord. Lord, as we pray for peace and justice, we know what we are praying for, really. We're praying that your kingdom comes. Your kingdom will come. Your will will be done in earth as it is in heaven. We pray that more will come to know you, Lord, in this town. We pray that your church will arise full of justice, full of your spirit, full of love. Lord, we pray for this community. We pray for those who are here today who are maybe silently suffering from lack of health, physical health or mental health. We pray for those who are suffering from depression or loneliness or financial problems, worried about their jobs, worried about their families. Let me just say this. The Lord sees you. The Lord is with you. Just in this next moment, bring before God whatever is uppermost on your mind, whatever is filling your windscreen, as it were. Bring this before him in this moment, knowing that the Lord of heaven hears you. Lord, we bring all these prayers to you, knowing that you hear us. Thank you that you hear your people. 
We praise you and worship you. In Jesus' name we pray.